Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Ah, good morning. It is time for That Davis Show. I'm your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That Davis. Lucky enough to be joined by executive producer of That Davis Show and flipping friends, Ryan Bukovsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski 1. Ryan, you are lucky with this early in the morning that I'm here with you. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're on mountain time. So I'm fortunate to say the least. All right, but let's go. Let's go off top. All right. Off Take it from the top. top? The tippy? All right, off top. Because I, I didn't have one this morning, but then I realized, like, because Ryan says there's usually something in your brain. And he's correct. And what was in my brain was I was watching um, I was watching something last night uh, with Afton. And it was this um, something was like HBCU's former presidents. And it was one from Prairie View A&M who had also been like the president at uh, I don't know if she's the president at Brown. I think she's the president at Brown and another prestigious uh, uh, education. Um, I mean, university. And there was a sister that I seen before that was in charge of uh, Spellman, her alma mater, and also she was a, a fellow Haka. Uh, and the thing that us, uh, yeah, thank you. So the thing that stood out in the discussion was the lady from, um, I, I believe it's, it's Ruth Simmons, and I'm going to forget the uh, the sister from uh, uh, from uh, Spellman, but Ruth Simmons was saying how at one point she was kind of irritating me, right, and. I often couldn't realize why I was irritated. And so that was like, we're irritating one another. And she's like, I just respectfully disagree. And it's like, hey, I don't know if, don't know if we should just respectfully disagree on this one. I'm going to tell you what the instances of what stood out to me. So she was saying, for instance, they were talking about how, and if you can't even see this, like if this is at historically black colleges, you really don't see to a certain degree, like for instance, you're not going to tear, tear up your own school, not to say when you're protesting that you're tearing up anything, but there, it was kind of discussion on how uh, perhaps they don't let them fully express themselves when it comes to protests at historically black colleges. They kind of, you know, kind of hold the students back. And I'm always and I always have an issue and this goes to my Dabo uh, Sweeney issue with Clemson talking about well his players can't take a knee when you're at these 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 centers of, of learning and growth you're never supposed to tell these students what they can't do and ex- expand in their minds and come to grips with what the world they want it to be is going to be I think that, that that's a very dangerous place when uh, centers of learning tell their, their their students that. So I'm always like, that's why when Dabble said that, it's like, dude, you, you're you a college coach, college. You know what I'm saying? That's where you go to learn and find out who you are. And you're telling these players they can't do that because they have to come play football. So since they have to play football, they can't necessarily be themselves. I get during a certain time frame when they're playing for you or when they're practicing, they have certain standards they have to be held to. But outside of that, you're telling them who they can and cannot be. So... Um, the lady was saying basically, uh, yeah, you know, um, we can have protests, but we got to find out ways that uh, not protest. And she goes into talking about how uh, she learned how to deal with different people, which is great. And I think that's good, too. But my other side was like, yes, you have to be a person 
that is versed in, in dealing with the world. But you can't say that you still don't need people to uh, stand up and protest because we just seen from the summer the changes from uh, what happened after the George Floyd protest. You know, and that also I think there was part of uh, part of the, the break in the conversation was the difference between protests and looters, because the lady was saying, you know, but you don't need to go to jail. And she gave us a caveat um, unless it's for a good reason, which is like, wait, when we're protesting, because look, look, we're talking the discussions on protesting. When we're talking about protesting, we're not talking about you doing anything illegal. We're talking about you protesting and you being locked up because you feel that something is right. And I was trying to say to her, when you look at uh, uh, John Lewis and uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, like all these people that we look back to. Uh, they got arrested. So you can't say being arrested is bad when you're protesting. John Lewis always talk about, uh, you know, saying uh, uh, some 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 good misbehavior, uh, some good misbehavior. And I didn't I didn't paraphrase that properly. Uh, but then the, the sister that was the president of Spelman came on and she talked about a story of a young lady who in the 60s used to get arrested all the time, but would always have her homework with her and prepared and ready to go. And I was trying to point out to her, like, see how she's trying, like, she's not trying to diss what the other lady is saying, Ruth Simmons is saying, but she's kind of still pointing out, you shouldn't tell people, you know what I'm saying, in this world that they shouldn't out there be out there protesting, but we couldn't come to grips on that. All right, and I hope it doesn't come up today because it's going to be one of those things where it's like, <laughs> and I mean, Chris, I know like with you, I know you get the vibe because that's something that I know is near and dear uh, to your heart uh, is a revolution, even though we have discussions on who can revolt and who can't revolt, as we saw on January 6th. Uh, but still, so I, I think you get the vibe of what I was trying to say. Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Like the big thing is in college, like you said perfectly, you're figuring out who you are in the world like that is prime like growth area like it's almost like if you want to equate it to a metaphor when you're almost like a a plant or something you move into a different pot and people move you there because they want you to experience a massive growth uptick Mm. and they want to see what this plant can really develop into and maybe that's the last potter before it gets put into the ground or something like that. Like that is a lot of what college has to do for a lot of people. And it's not even just going to college. It's just that time period really in most people's lives. You just, you're 18 to about 22. That's usually about the time where you start getting all the adult responsibilities and you start seeing the influxes of legality. Like you get to vote at 21, you get to drink and all that stuff, you know? So you're just going to kind of go through a massive growth spurt no matter what in those years. And especially when you're at an HBCU and even if you're at a regular college, when you're just a college kid and you get yeah, a cause that you want to be get behind, yeah, it's very easy for you for you to start learning about yourself in that way. Yeah, no, I'm, even at a PWI, it's it's still the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even putting it on necessarily this, the type of institutions. Just saying that all the broad of those institutions. Also, at 18, you can vote. So that was it. You know, so that's that's my off top uh, for today. And, and now let's definitely dive back into the sports world because here in Chicago, you know, our world was rocked by a dude that, you know, sometimes he he beat the Bears, right? But sometimes he didn't and we punished him, but we always kind of liked him from afar, and particularly when he was healthy. And I'm talking about Matthew Stafford, uh, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions being traded to the Los Angeles Rams. 
All right, uh, for uh, Jared, I mean, Jason Goff, not Jason Goff, Jared Goff. Shout out to Jason Goff. But, uh, uh, Jared, <laughs> we lost Jason again. <laughs> no, shout out to Jared Goff uh, for two number ones and a three. Uh, and listen, I, you couldn't have told me, and I'll let you know uh, that I didn't know I was ignorant. You couldn't have told me that you could have gotten two number ones from Matthew Stafford two weeks ago. You know, like I, and we've come to also know that the Chicago Bears were involved in that, but we've kind of talked about the, that on the show is I don't know if the Bears are really in, in, and I know the Bears would have had to play a hefty price for trading inside of the division. Uh, but I, I wonder if the Bears are just using uh, the rumors to sit there and uh, to, 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 to make us feel, us Bears fans feel like they're trying to do something. And then when they come up short, they're going to point to the fact that they was in on all of this. But getting back to the trade for the Rams, um, it's terrific. Um, and also we finally get to see if, if, if Matthew Stafford is truly special, we know he has special talent, but we don't know if he has those intangibles. We do know that he's tough, um, but he's going to go out there with uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay, an excellent play caller. Now you finally get a competent quarterback to go with that defense. You're also telling that defense we're not going to waste. I'm talking about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey uh, in particular. I'm not going to waste your years with Jared Goff, regardless of the contract uh, given to Jared Goff. I will say this one thing, though. I saw uh, Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN uh, come and talk about Sean McVay and really, I mean, and he was doing it from a GM's perspective. And I, I'm happy he was being honest, but I felt like as a GM, he wasn't taking responsibility of being a GM. And his point was that uh, I would look at Sean McVay and say, why 18 months ago were you okay and it was fine for us to resign him? And the thought that crossed my mind was, wait, Leslie, you drafted him, right? Because I believe Snead was there with Fisher, Jeff Fisher, right? You, you, so this was your guy. You wanted to prove that your draft pick was the right draft pick. I don't put that as much on Sean McVay as I put that on you. Now, if you're saying that I was hoping that you could continue to grow this player, but we both realized that he's, he's reached his, 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 his ceiling. Okay. But you can't blame Sean McVay who did not draft the quarter or was not part of the team when the quarterback was being drafted for the quarterback, uh, not reaching his, his full development. I mean, now that if you're saying that you don't think Sean McVay is as special as you think, that's one thing, but still, I would say that Les Neen isn't really referring to Mike Tannenbaum if he was in that situation. That's more on you for drafting that quarterback in the first place. When let's just be honest. And I mean, this guy isn't playing well either. You should have drafted Carson Wentz, but then getting back to the trade, on the flip side, looking at what the uh, what the Lions did, hey, Lions got a haul. And if their general manager thinks they can get something out of Jared Goff, cool. Listen, or even if they're eating up two years of Jared, uh, Jared Goff's uh, hefty contract, to get two ones in a three is still sweet. You know, so like that that was a nice trade for both uh, both teams. I know my friends from Detroit uh, were, were ecstatic uh, to finally get something. Because you got to think, like last year, let me ask you this. Last year, and uh, it was it's been discussed since Matt Patricia for at least the last two seasons uh, before Matt Patricia was let go, that perhaps a trade to New England would take place because of the connection between Quinn, the general manager, and Patricia with New England. Perhaps they would send because Brady was going to leave sooner or later. Uh, they was going to send Matt Stafford to New England. I didn't think at that point that New England was going to send back two ones. Did you? Mm. No, I guess I just don't see. Bill doing that. Maybe if Stafford was younger, but I think with just him being close to his mid thirties, I don't think Bill wanted to. That's a good point. That's a good that. point. Yeah, and he doesn't. Even more, what you're saying is a more valid point than what I was saying. From the point of uh, Bill, Bill Belichick doesn't pay a premium price for quarterbacks for the most part. When you look at it, like when you look at Jimmy G, he drafted him in the second. Uh, when you look at uh, Brissett. 
uh, with the Colts. I, I forget what round they drafted him in, and we know that he, they drafted Brady in the sixth. So, yeah, I, you're right. They probably wouldn't. But I, I guess the point that I was still going to make a year or two ago, I didn't think, and sometimes I forget how young Matthew Stafford is because I think he's only 32, which I feel like he should be 35. You know, like I know, I right? he should be closer in age to Aaron Rodgers, you know, Sam, even though they probably started starting around the same time since Rodgers sat on the bench for three years um, uh, behind Brett Favre. But for him to be 32, I'm like, he's a little bit younger than what I expect, even still having the problems with the injuries in the past. Um, but I still didn't think you can get two ones. So shout out to Detroit for pulling it off and getting two ones. And, and shout out for the Rams jumping ahead because the Rams, we also heard that they, they tried to see if Green Bay was going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay was like, get your ass out of here, which they should have. Uh, but to sit there and say, you know, we're not going to wait around. We're going to get our guy and get out of here. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and even think about, you know, a year ago, the Rams didn't think the Chargers, and I mean, the Chargers record doesn't uh, uh, convey it, but they didn't think the Chargers were going to have the talent when it comes to when you look at what Justin Herbert may be, uh, if you get a competent offensive people around him. You know what I'm saying? So it's even more, I won't say it's, it's uber pressure, but it's even more pressure for, to get everything straight, especially with the clock ticking, with how much money you put in, how many draft picks. What They haven't had a first round draft pick or won't have a first round draft pick for like eight it's or like nine. Seven years. Yeah. 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 So, it, 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 but in all, when you've heard about the trade Saturday night, what were your thoughts, Ryan? Uh, I like the trade, I think, for both sides. I'm a little hesitant with Detroit just because you don't know when you go into the quarterback wilderness what you're going to find. <laughs> like, it sounds good. You got a bunch of first rounders, and maybe they can figure out that quarterback issue, but. You know, you figure even if you go into the draft this year, if you don't get the right guy, by the time you decide that this guy isn't the right guy, you might not have those first rounders anymore. And then mm-hmm. it kind of hurts you. And then you wonder, too, you know, if the Rams, they're already in the 20s, supposedly Stafford makes them better. I mean, those picks could be in the late 20s or early 30s, potentially, if everything works out the way that the Rams would like them to work out. So... I like the haul that Detroit got. It just I don't know if that haul is going to be as good as it appears maybe when we get down the line, and especially not getting a first-round pick this year. It, not the end of the world, like I said, but if you if the Rams, let's say, get to the Super Bowl the next couple of years, then that pick kind of sucks, 31 the next two years. Yeah, but you have your pick. You have your first-round pick and that first-round pick. So let's just say you want to move up to grab a player. You know that it, it gives you the the, the 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 collateral to move up, but also you you have it, like you even try to say you have a high second round pick or the top of the second round pick. It's you still have more depth when it comes to the talent before you know said guys started getting picked up in the second round. So I mean I get it, you're still right, um, but also you're looking. I think we have to put this in. You're also looking for someone to take Jared Goff's contract. You know, like because yes. that had to come, that had to come off the books. So no you, you, yeah, so you still had to find a team willing. It'd be different if that was just one year, but it's two years. So a team willing to sit there and and put up with him for two years when we've seen, you know, saying it's not that Jared Goff isn't tough because you see him out there playing with that that messed up thumb with the pins in it in the playoffs, but still he just. Listen, it, it, it's it, it, he just can't read defenses just yet. It's, it's just necessarily how it seems. Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of like the Jared Goff thing because that's a perfect guy to have as a bridge quarterback to whoever the next guy is going to be in Detroit. And you know, Jared, like you said, he's going to do some things for you potentially where 
you are going to look at it as positive. He's not a great quarterback, but if you put talent around him, they're not going to just be stifled and not developing around Jared Goff. It just Jared Goff, we know his weaknesses, his limitations, and he's probably not going to develop into a franchise quarterback. But that doesn't mean that he's not a decent quarterback at the same stretch that you can have him for a couple of years and let him be that bridge to the next guy if you so choose to. Uh, and, and then I like your point where you brought up with Les Snead going after Jared Goff because this is kind of McVeigh's going after a guy. Like he had, I think, already a pretty close relationship with Matt Stafford. I forgot their connections, but they had some some people that they connected over. And I already heard this report like – Basically, as soon as the trade got done, I think Stafford and his wife and family are out in the islands. Ka- vacation. Cabo, yeah, something like that. What's the time of in Cabo? Yes, he went there because of the trade. They met up. They started to party on Monday. Like, this is McVeigh's guy. Like, Close. he really likes Matt Stafford. He thinks Matt Stafford's the missing quarterback to get to unlock his offense all the rest of the way. He's got a number one defense. Like, this was McVay telling Snead, like, this is my guy that we're going to roll with for a couple of years and see how it goes. Because, I mean, if you do look at the numbers, and Matt Stafford's been on way worse teams, they're about the same between Stafford and, and Goff. And I think we all agree that Stafford's a much better quarterback. Much better Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, but we can't deny that Stafford – you know, when he has had chances for success, he's never really been able to capture those either. But, I mean, three – all right, he was in the playoffs three times. How many times has he had a chance? The only time was really when Swartz was the head coach and he lost control of that team. That I'm just really- saying, I think Stafford's not a loser like how he gets this label, I but agree. I don't necessarily think he's a winner either. I got to see agree, a little yeah. bit. I, yeah, but, and that's the point. I, I agree with that. I think we that, that's what we will find out if if he has the intangibles. I think that's what we're kind of saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he has those true intangibles that get you over the hump. But this is the thing, too, because I believe when we're talking about uh, Jared Goff and Jared Goff as far as how good he has been when you're like he's a cool bridge quarterback, I think the point that we're also pointing out, what we're not mentioning, is how much Jared Goff's success was due to Sean McVay. So now if, if Jared Goff was successful because Sean McVay and I don't think Jared Goff is I think he's okay I don't think he's really good but Sean McVay at times uh, 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 boosted him up into being a good quarterback now if you put that behind a, a really good quarterback in Matthew Stafford I think you we could see perhaps you're going to get a lot out of Matthew Stafford that, and it's the Sean McVay effect that I think may aid Stafford and uh, fill in the gaps when it comes to him being a perennial winner Yeah, and definitely could see that happening because I think the updated Super Bowl odds and Vegas really likes these Rams. I think they're behind. Oof, I forgot who the top two were. I know Kansas City was number one, and then there was somebody else behind Kansas City, and then they had the Rams. Was it Green Bay? It had to be Green Bay. Green Bay. It was Green Bay. It had to be Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. So even above Tampa, they have them for next year. They put yeah. Tampa, but even look, because I mean, look at it like this: How many teams make it to back-to-back years in the Super Bowl um, that aren't the Patriots? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you know that that or the, the last team was what? Did Seattle? Did Seattle make it back-to-back when they threw that interception? Uh, I in think the that NFL? was. Yeah, that may have been the only team that wasn't the Patriots, to, and outside of, of course, Kansas City doing it this year and doing it last year. You know, but you know, like. It's been a long time since teams have made it back to back to the Super Bowl, let alone have won Super Bowls back to back, which we definitely don't get into in a minute. But go ahead, Ron. 
I think it's everyone's buying into the whole idea that this Rams team has talent. They got the number one defense. If supposedly you get a quarterback that can run this McVay system, it should look pretty good. Yeah, but every year, every year is the same. Like some years you think you're going to have the same defense. Also, you lost your defensive coordinator, right? And you sit there and look at the look. The Bears haven't been the same with Vic Fangio being gone. You know, it's like so you lose your defensive coordinator and you just think you can take uh, a position guy and promote him and it's not the same defense. And also those defensive players, man, we we all know defensive players age faster than offensive players, you know, a hell of a lot faster. And a defensive unit, uh, when they're at their height, it it fades quicker, you know, just from the wear and tear of being a defender. Uh, So that again, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, saying they do well, because I I have no problem with the Los Angeles Rams, just still saying it's still a wait and see. But they I think they placed themselves. Uh, where they necessarily needed to be by bringing in a really good quarterback in Matthew Stafford, but I, I, I do want to flip that because what did that what did that start to tell you about what may happen with Deshaun Watson? Because that's that was a, my next thought uh, Saturday night was whoa if you can get two ones for um, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson value uh, must have jumped up, and I got an email uh, from Sean Sierra from Sean and Maya yesterday uh, talking about. Uh, what uh, was the article about what the uh, Houston Texans wanted. It was two ones, uh, two young defensive players, and two second-round picks. And um, my first initial thought was, that's a lot, right? And I I think, and I I said this on their show, I I feel like if the Bears were competent, I would say that's too much, right? If I trusted, you know, that they could figure out the quarterback situation, I'd be like, no, don't do that. That's too much, right? Especially if you brought in a young quarterback and you don't you don't have to pay him for his first four four, four to five seasons, you know, because that's the benefit of having a young quarterback. You can go and spend on defense or bring in premium skills position on the offense because that that clock on that quarterback it doesn't tick for four years. Um, but looking at how the quarterback position has been blundered so far, I would do it because I don't trust in Ryan Pace, you know, and I I, don't, I really don't trust in, in Matt Nagy, you know, and, and it's kind of like how we I was kind of saying that I feel like Sean McVay may take um, um, Matthew Stafford to another level just from where he took Jared Goff. Now you're giving him a better clay to mold. Um, I feel the same way about it, it's in a different fashion. If you brought Deshaun Watson up here, that Matt Nagy couldn't drag him down, you know, it wouldn't be a hindrance to him because that's how good Deshaun Watson is. Even though I will, I would want Matt Nagy to get Deshaun Watson sometimes to stop playing Sandlot football especially because he's slight, unlike Ben Roethlisberger when Ben was at his prime playing satellite football. I worry about Deshaun Watson and he's tough as nails and strong to be a, a, a thin cat. You know, how many guys he's knocked over getting to the end zone. Uh, but that was my first initial thoughts. What, what were yours, one, looking at that trade from Matthew Stafford and what they got and applying that to Deshaun Watson? But also, when I just mentioned perhaps what the Texans were looking for uh, and your team, the Chicago Bears, perhaps giving up that, what do you think? I'll start with that one first, and I think you hit it with the root. If the Bears, if I had any trust in Bears press to find a quarterback, I would say don't go after Deshaun Watson because you're going to have to pay up the nose, and I guess that kind of answers the first question. I would expect the price to have gone way up for Deshaun. I mean, I think the asking price to begin with was probably going to be three number ones, even though that's not what Houston said. I think that that's kind of what's expected, and maybe it's gone up to a fourth. Maybe it's gone up to a fifth if the ones aren't that good 
in, let's say, the Bears case where they're in the 20s. Maybe another team's offering up three or four first-rounders that is right now in the low teens or in the top 10. So you would probably have to throw in a fifth first-round pick to even have a chance, and that's a lot. Like, if we're even considering five first-round picks, that shows how inept your ability to find quarterbacks are that you would pay that kind of premium. And I, I would say in the Bears case, you got to. What are you going to do? I don't trust Ryan Pace whatsoever to draft the next guy. So there's no quarterback to sign in free agency. There's no Tom Brady again that you can go get or something like that where you just, oh, boy, we got a bridge at least for a few years. I mean, there's not that guy out there. So you're going to have to draft or you're going to have to trade for somebody. It looks like the trading options are going to be Deshaun Watson, and that's it because even with Stafford, the Bears might have been in on it, but there was very, very little chance they were going to trade him within the division. Mm. You just don't normally do that. Definitely, definitely. So even while you're discussing that, one thing that just jumped out of my head is this. If the Bears are serious, right, about we have to get a quarterback, you know what you got to do? You got to put up them two number ones and probably at least a two because the, your number one this year isn't uh, isn't supremely high. What are they at 16? The Bears pick at 16 they're this year? 20 or something. 20? They're 20? Okay, they're 20. Uh, so, and if you get a good quarterback next year, you would think it would be lower than that. So you're talking about two uh, two number ones that are in the 20s. Um, and perhaps a player, you got to go get one of these quarterbacks that you like this year in the draft. Like, if you're willing to, like, let's just say you don't get Deshaun Watson, right? Because I'm telling you this, dog, if you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, man, miss me with that. And I, I'm, I mean, he should be better than what we've had. But if you're telling me he's the answer, then I got a problem because I know Cal Shanahan can outcoach uh, Matt Nagy. He can run circles around Matt Nagy's coaching. And if Cal Shanahan can't, doesn't think he's his quarterback and you're going to bring him here and you're, you, you can't get what he got out of him, you're just telling me we're going to do the same thing with a, a better version of Mitch damn near. You know what I'm saying? Without the feet. Without the feet. You know, he's not. He's athletic, but he's not Mitch athletic. But all the swag. All the swag. Oh, poor star Jimmy. Uh, like, listen, you don't want these Chicago porn stars, Jimmy. You want those. What, what porn stars in Chicago? That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying, right? You don't want these. Oh, I think I'm going to fail physical. <laughs> but no, so, so that, that, that jumps out to me, Ryan, that because that, if you're going to ex- exhaust every avenue, all right, and you can't get one of these good guys, because one, I'll say this, and this is just me, uh, just, just my, my thought process. What if, for instance, um, Tua is traded because Deshaun Watson goes to uh, uh, Miami, right? And necessarily, we don't know how um, the the, the Texans feel about Tua. Now, I would think they would keep him, but, you know, if they can get Miami's pick, but Miami has, like, what, the third? They have the Texans pick from Laramie Tunsil deal, correct? Mm -hmm. I think that's – and we know the Texans suck this year, so I believe that's the third pick in the draft. So with the third pick in the draft – you can get whoever you after uh, after Trevor Lawrence because probably uh, Sewell. It looks like Sewell. Where, where do the Bengals pick at this year? Are they second or third? Uh, second is the Jets. Second is the Jets. Who's third then? I believe it's the Dolphins, like you said. Okay, and the Bengals pick fifth. Then I, I think I believe they may pick fifth because the, I know it was a question was where they're going to get the tackle uh, from Oregon. Uh, because if he goes second, then you're, you if you're a third, then you have the lot of all the rest of the quarterbacks. You know, that's it. I'm just saying if you're the Texans and you don't want to sit there, because why have Tua and 
some young quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Even though you could trade one of them, but still, and that may put Tua in play as far as that's the point I'm trying to get to. That may put Tua in play as being something that they may ship away if they may don't see Tua as the guy that they want to hold on to, but they probably would hold on to Tua, but just still pointing out some of the options that may take place with all these quarterbacks in the, the, the uh, the, 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 the seats being uh damn I'm gonna blank out on the uh, musical the, chairs. Thank you. The musical chairs. I'm blanking on the musical chairs. Yeah, with the musical chairs. Hey, listen, I don't want the music to stop and I have that game sucks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, wait. So you I can tell right there you you weren't that good with musical chairs growing up if you thought musical chairs suck. Your slide game, see I know what it is. Your slide game wasn't good enough. <laughs> Because you had to slide in under somebody. Like, that was what you had to do. And it started getting, you had to slide, slide. Like, your slide game you was an attitude. slide. You got to get low. You got to get low up under them. You know, you got okay. to you gotta have too high track. going through the line. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, that's how I feel. I don't want Jimmy G. I will probably. I blame on where we're at. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> that Davis show. I'm Kill Davis. That's Ryan Bukovsky. Uh, we're talking about the Bears' options as far as during this this quarterback carousel that's taking place. In By the NFL. way, it was Jets two, Dolphins three, Falcons four, Bengals five. Okay, and when the Falcons may get rid of uh, Matt Ryan, I wouldn't listen. Oh, I wouldn't be mad, mad to end up with Matt Ryan. I feel better about Matt Ryan than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, you know? me too. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad, but I would be like, okay, you got Matt yeah. Ryan. So when you go draft this quarterback, and we yeah. gonna wait till next year to get this right. quarterback because it's like let's not lie to ourselves. But I wouldn't be upset. Uh, but you would have to. Man, Allen Robinson would have to stay because we know Matt Ryan needs a, 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 a whole bunch of riches. <laughs> go up and get it. <laughs> yeah, an embarrassment of riches. You can't have him out there with this Donnell Mooney and, and, and Wim. <laughs> think it's going to work. Like, you got to get his weapons, right? Like, Anthony Miller doesn't even get the call. Right. He used to look this way, have Calvin Ridley, this way, have, have Julio Jones. He's going to look this way, have Mooney, and win. All right, now, Riley, I had your brother. Calvin. <laughs> going to turn you into a good player, too. Exactly. So, look, best case scenario. Oh, best case scenario for you. If the Bears don't get Deshaun Watson, what would you want them to do with the court QB position, right? Oh, boy. I don't know, honestly. Because, like, part of me thinks, like, just go get the Matt Ryans of the world, someone that you know can flat out just, like, play the position in the NFL and can play it at a somewhat elite level at times, even if they're not elite. But... <laughs> You know, even with like Matt Ryan, who I think is probably my favorite out of the whatevers, you know, you got to have an offensive line around him. Right. He's paying, he's getting paid a lot of money. Do they even have the cap? Like you said, does Allen Robinson even stay? If you bring in a high priced quarterback, can you even afford that? So I just don't even know if it works money wise, if it works with the personnel on the roster right now. So um, part of me kind of leans young rookie quarterback, like you said, too, how cheap they are. I mean, you could maybe potentially fix some things while fixing the quarterback position. That sounds really nice, but, well, I don't like who's picking them. I don't like like who's picking this quarterback. I I mean, I like guys in this draft, and I think you've got to go after one essentially round one. I mean, you could go tackle. I I don't have a huge problem if they stay pat and get a tackle in the first round, but you got to make sure that there's a guy there 
that's my only issue is sometimes those tackles, they run up pretty dry by the end of the top 10. And then what do you do? Do you just pick up the best tackle or do you start getting serious about quarterback? We're going to end up with Mac Jones. I'm not this. I'm not this to Mac Jones, but we're going to end up with Mac Jones, man. Like, oh, another, right? Another guy that you like, you just alluded to, is going to need a line. It's going to need weapons. All right, you had Devontae Smith. We had Wendell, even though we know he got Waddle, even though Waddle got hurt this year with the ankle. But still, you had all the, the, the guys that he had there last year when he sat in for two and two got hurt. Yes, we know the and embarrassment. The Heisman and Devontae yeah, Smith. Exactly. The embarrassment of riches that Alabama has, especially at wide receiver. Uh, but listen, Mac Jones stepped up, has Heisman winner this year. I mean, not the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith was, but still he was a Heisman finalist, but stepped up this year in a way that they didn't think. They didn't think he was going to win the starting job. And he was like, no, that's my position. And got himself into the first round uh, this year where it seemed like best, his best bet was he could maybe be a second rounder. But so I'm not saying like it would be the worst case scenario, but out of all these guys, but I'll say this to you. I wonder, and you, you made me think about this when you said you don't trust who's picking the quarterback. Usually when someone makes a decision, especially a blunder, um, sometimes they'll stick to their guns and do the same thing. Uh, like, for instance, we, we watch Naked and Afraid, right? And it's just, they, we decided to watch Naked and Afraid XLs from, like, uh, 2017. Where yeah, extra large. Yeah, extra large. <laughs> naked and afraid. But um, usually, it's, usually it's, it's two people together. Uh, a man and a woman. Sometimes uh, they'll have uh, uh, two women together. So far, I've seen two dudes briefly before they join uh, four two groups together to make uh, a fourteen group. This time they have four teams, and the teams have two people. But then they threw in a third person, and these people were all people that failed uh, mightily in the past, right? And this guy who failed in Panama. Uh, he, he came with uh, a duct tape and he was like, uh, I forgot what he called it. He was like, it's the redneck something. It was what he said, not me. Um, so he had duct tape. So he now he got kicked in. Now he's going to join a group and these groups had only been together half a day. But when the third person comes, it's like, who the hell are you? Right. It's like, and they like, they're, they're like, we were getting along just fine. It was like, y'all just got here. 15 we minutes. made it through a night without <laughs> your ass. They didn't even make it to a night, Ryan. It was the same day. It was like we made it through a sunset without your ass. Exactly right. So he, but he, so what he ends up doing is laying around during the daytime and then occasionally trying to go hunt and not coming back with anything. Well, like if you watch Naked and Afraid, you always got to worry about your house or your Burma and fire. All right, depending on what style of house you can do to A-frame, you can do different things. But it's it's it's, it's shelter and fire. And then water and food, you know what I'm saying? Water may be a little bit higher depending on how you can dehydrate it because you can only do three days without water, but you can do 18 days basically without food. So uh, this dude sitting there laying around, laying around. And again, he brings duct tape. And it's like, wait, you failed the last time and you brought this duct tape. I and mean, he's trying to make blankets with it. He thought he's using it for like <laughs> it's just stupid reasons. It's like, that's why you brought this, right? He just needed to go to Costco and get the super large value. (laughs) He did did this this time. Listen, the first time it was like this. The second time it was like this. And he left it. They banished him. That was it. That's why I lost. They banished him. The quantity of my duct tape. They were like, you're not going to get your stuff? He's like, no, I'm leaving. I'm going. They can have it. But the point that I'm making is... As the roll of duct tape settles. (laughs) Right. It it frowns. (laughs) But the point that I'm making is this. 
some people stick to their guns and make a mistake and still, I guess the definition of insanity, do the exact same thing, expecting a different outcome. But some people go totally opposite. And we're talking about Ryan Pace and picking a quarterback. So if initially. So you think Ryan Pace is coming with duct tape in that draft? No, I think he's going to, I think he's definitely coming with a new weapon. And I'm fearful about that because I think he's going to be like, give me the, 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 whatever black quarterback falls in bring to me. And look, man, you have a five for Trey Lance for over a year, right? But I'm listening. I don't know if I'm, I'm not, I don't know how Trey Lance up I am as I used to be, right? Zach Wilson, did, Zach Wilson didn't look like Zach Wilson back when I was taking place. Right. You know what I'm saying? And even right. even even if uh, efficiency wise, this well last year because Trey Lance only played one uh, game last this season. And it wasn't a great game, but he didn't throw any picks last year. Gets lesser competition. You still saw you still saw Justin Fields in Ohio State had a couple games where he he was throwing some picks, and that was the thing last season that you liked about Justin Fields. So I don't know if we can get that guy, but I feel he's gonna be like, just bring him to me, right? And it's just like, oh, no. see, I was thinking the opposite. I thought he was gonna come in with. I went to Costco. I got the duct tape. Who is the Mitchiest of all these Mitchian <laughs> prospects? <laughs> Double down on Mitch. Who is so we're gonna get Trask? We're gonna get Trask from my uh, from, uh, from, uh, from Florida. Yeah, Matt you know Jones saying? isn't athletic enough. No, it's to be not Mitch. athletic enough. Nope, nope. I think nope. Zach Wilson might be too talented oh, he, to be Mitch. Oh, listen, he he creams He's the Mitch himself. prototype. He creams himself over Zach Wilson. You know, he he listen, he rolls up twists and turn in bed thinking about Zach Wilson. Right. He's, he's praying to the, the Mormon God to God. get Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> please. Definitely, definitely. But listen, uh, we only Mr. Smythe, I need you. <laughs> it reminds me of that episode. That's what I meant to say, Smythe. It reminds me of that episode of South Park. When it was like, yeah, you can't see it. It's in this hat. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait, let me see the tablets. <laughs> oh, no, you can't see the tablets. Gosh, we shouldn't touch on that. <laughs> but listen, before we get out of here, man, you know what times it is. Unless you had something else. You had something else you want to add as, as far as uh, the Bears and what they may do when it comes to Well, the- we got to talk about the Super Bowl, baby. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, Super Bowl problem that I have right now, I think the Tampa's going to win. Ooh. Yeah. I do. And maybe I'm doing that because I'm I'm hoping that I'm wrong and that my baby goat uh, defeats the goat. <laughs> my, now it's my. <laughs> He's my baby goat. All right. You put some respect on our show. All right. And mention Ryan and myself when you use baby goat. All right. You put some respect on that. All right. For all right, real. That's where put some respect on that. Um, but you yeah, heard it I, here first. Just, literally. I mean, listen, with both tackles being out. All right, with, with, with Fisher being out, dude. Like we saw the heat. Now the, we know that the DBs can be suspect. Now I don't even know if both their safeties are healthy. I would think one of them. Uh, will well, be Winfield, in, I think, is Winfield Juniors. Winfield Juniors yes. back, and then the other one's Whitehead. Um, so I mean, but it wasn't like they were world beaters. Winfield Juniors a rookie, so um, it's not like they were world beaters. But um, he might. He's up there for. I think. He's probably not defensive rookie, but yeah, he was but, in consideration for. A yeah, no, no, I, but they're they're they're, they're, uh, they're they're defensive backs when it comes to passing in the NFL. Their rank, I think, is in the twenties. You know, what I'm saying yeah. it's that upfront pressure that they, you know, Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles is bringing heat. You know, what I'm saying like that's Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, boy, he like, would have looked good in a Bears sideline year. Todd Bowles is like. Uh, um, uh, Greg Williams with a with a conscience and some uh, some some ingenuity, 
You know, like, okay, I know I, I can't zero blitz all the time, right? Zero blitz, right? Do I care about my offense and my team? <laughs> right, so. I'll blitz a lot, just not all the time. Right, or just leave everybody, leave, just leave right. a whole center open. So, Vilma um, White, you cover everybody. <laughs> what are you doing? I, again, I, I'm just looking at the facts. I mean, I think. Andy Reid is, is crafty enough, but dude, you lost both of your tackles on a team that loves to bring the heat. Man, they're gonna get they're gonna get Patrick Mahomes down. You know what I'm saying? And another thing too, was his worst game in his career was the Super Bowl. It was the Houston half, the first half went against the the, 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 the Texans, right? Because he he was it wasn't as bad as the Super Bowl, the first three quarters in the Super Bowl. Uh, but still, we haven't seen him. Uh, kick ass in the Super Bowl from the beginning, the kickoff to the end. Now, he has to play like that, I feel like, if they're going to beat uh, Tampa Bay with the pressure that Tampa Bay's front seven can bring. Um, uh, you know, like, that's that's the thing to me. Like, you, you're going to have to keep Kelsey in a lot more. Um, uh, you still got a, a whole bunch of weapons, but still, that's that's my fear. I want I want Kansas City to win, um, but I, I feel like without their tackles. Now, if they had their tackles, I'm, I'd be all in on Kansas City, but I think we're, we're, we're overlooking uh, a lot. We're putting a lot on Patrick Mahomes' talent if we think he can overcome not having his two starting tackles and one of them being the, the number one pick in the draft uh, uh, some years back. You know, so that's just that's my feeling. What's yours? Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially when you look at the talent on the Bucks' defensive line with Shaq Barrett, Pierre Paul, and Damakon Sue. Like, they got some guys that – and Vita Vea, too. I should throw him in there. Mm-hmm. They got some guys – don't forget White, too. And I know you're talking about this stuff, but I'm just saying, don't forget him coming oh, down. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they, 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 they sweet. They, that's that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. you got four, maybe not premier talent, but maybe just a little bit below that. Mm-hmm. And you saw what they did in Green Bay. I mean, they were in Aaron Rodgers' front yard all day long and getting him on the ground. And, like, you throw in there with the Todd Bowles, the blitzing from Devin White, uh, Levante David, and all the various corners that they have because their defensive backs, maybe what they lack in talent or, you know, um, like, experience, they make up for with crazy athleticism and just a no-holds-bar, like, I'm going to – be up in you and take you down and just attack you. And it's kind of like that too, too young and too stupid to realize yeah, where yeah, they're they, at they, right they now. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So I like that mix against that chiefs offense. They're going to have, I think some opportunities. I think the real big thing is just, Tampa trying to play the same game that they played against Green Bay, but they got to cut out those Tom Brady interceptions. I mean, he can't do that again. That's, I think, where the big part of this game is because I like this matchup of Bucks defense, Chiefs offense. I think it's going to be back and forth, and there's going to be some give and take. It's going to be, I, I would say, maybe not the same, but like San Francisco defense versus Chiefs offense. Mm-hmm. Eventually the Chiefs broke through and made that defense look kind of pedestrian. But for a while, that 49ers defense looked like the best defense in the league. And not that I expect the Bucks to be like that, but I think the Bucks will make it difficult at times on this Chiefs offense, like you said, with the injuries. And it's going to be 
opportunities for this Bucks offense to take advantage that the defense gives them. Can they take advantage of those opportunities, though? Because this Chiefs defense, too, they're opportunistic themselves. They've got some nice players on That's that side of the ball. Yeah, this is the I, I want, my last point is I want to say this that David show, I'm Kenneth Davis. That's Ryan Bukovsky. Um, though, last thing I'll say, and this is for the Chiefs to help the Chiefs. That's not last year's defense. Now that's last year's defense, and that when they needed it in the Super Bowl. But they're st- now they're not world beaters, but they're stingier than what they were going into last oh, yeah. season. You know, what I'm saying like they so that, that and again when you're talking about as far as what Brady did and Green Bay, you know, what I'm saying like those those guys. I would say in a way, I think situationally. The Chiefs' defense is better than Green Bay's. Situationally, I, I would say I think they're 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 better. All right, so that that's my last my last part. I want my last caveat when it comes to the Super Bowl. But I hope the Chiefs win. It's time to go for grabs. You know, I'm sorry. I like that Chiefs' defense a lot. When you took a look at them compared to Green Bay, yeah. Chris Jones is easily to me better than Frank Clark of Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But let's say they're a wash because they're both premier inside defensive tackles. I take Frank Clark above any of the Smiths. Right. When you talk about pass rushing, right? And then you go down the line a little bit. Like Sorensen's a really nice player. They got some guys. Let's not, let's not forget. You know, saying you got Matthew back there, who yeah. is like on the honey spot. badger. Honey badger is killing. You know that money was was well was well served when you they, they gave him that dough. So that's better than the Chiefs' defense from last year. I, I, like again, I think that defense will play better than. Green Bay's defense uh, did against the, the the Bucks in the, the NFC Championship game. So can we go for up grabs now? We can. All right, let's go, Ryan Bisky. Let's go up for grabs, Ryan Bisky. What you got for me? Let's keep it with the Super Bowl. And if you're the betting man for the MVP, are you taking the quarterbacks or the rest of the field? Quarterbacks. It's too it's specifically. Two uh, do you, one over the other, you like better. Maybe yeah. go. Maybe go. Maybe go. I don't really like Tom for Super Bowl MVP. I don't see. Yeah, I don't feel it. I think it'll be. I think I'll say this much. A great point. If um, when you bringing this, I'm putting this off grabs. I feel like if Tampa wins, it may be a defensive player. Uh, like that. I think if Tampa, because basically we're saying that you Tampa's going to have to get to, to Patrick Mahomes, right? And we are, we, I, I, we said that from the point there's they don't have their tackles. So I think it'll be a defensive player if Tampa wins, but I, I definitely know if Kansas City wins, it's going to be because of Patrick Mahomes. Who was the Tampa Bay MVP against the Packers? If you had to get, if that was the Super Bowl, who was the Super Bowl MVP? That's a good question. Um, you probably have to go defense, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember. Was it Ladarius Smith? Got, how many sacks did – only one Smith brother play well, I feel like. I don't feel like I both feel of like them. the one only place. <laughs> right. I know, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, it's a good question. A good Darius question. is the good one, I think. Okay. And then I, I don't even know the name of the other Smythe. So I, I would have to say, because, I mean, really, we're, if Tom didn't throw those picks, it was Tom Brady. Right. Because I mean, he basically put the nail in the coffin. But he threw. Yeah, but he threw that back into the game. Uh <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't call it. I, I would it'd probably got to be Shaq Barrett or JPP, right? Good one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, I would say. I feel like JPP may have had the better game. I feel like his name was called. He, like him from the inside. That reminded me of New York all over. Yeah, dude, it, it, the NASCAR package, dude. Like, listen with 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 like 
two of the, three of them, what, what, how many, ever many he has. But right. it's like, he, he was out there getting He reminded me of Justin Tuck. He was tucking away those fingers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got for us? Uh, switching over to baseball, how long do you think the baseball season should be? And recently, MLB has, re- or the union, right, rejected the 154 mm-hmm. game proposal by the league. I think they should do I think they should postpone it a month like the uh, the owners want because I know they want to push it closer to perhaps when maybe you can get some people to come to the stadiums. Um, also, uh, it just needs to be shorter because you're going to end up having to make some games up probably anyway. You know, like it, it, and it gives it, it gives you and I know you're pushing it back. So you can like, wait, you're pushing it back. But if you're shortening the season. Uh, you're not going to have to make up as many games as you would if you're playing the entirety of the season. You know what I'm saying? So that's, to me, is a reason. Uh, I just And also baseball is long as hell, not not dissonant. I I want it to be long as hell, but um, just knowing how everything took place last year when it came to the MLB and when you look at, like, the teams like, uh, uh, what, the Marlins were, like, the first team I feel like that got hit and stung by COVID-19. And, I mean, we still don't have vaccines. And, listen, you know it will be a terrible look. If you uh, all these people that need vaccinations and you're about to give it to some players. So we know they're not going to get vaccinated. And on top of that, how many of them are openly going to even take it? So getting into the warmer months, um, getting to where you can be outside and probably bring in some more revenue. I, I lean towards the owners on this one. What about you? Yeah, I'm with the owners as well. That's why I was wondering what you think is a good number for a season because I would like them to, to shorten it and significantly a little bit just to see what that looks like. Like maybe let's do 120 or get around 100. I feel like that's a good sample or a good size. And I don't know. I just feel like 154, that's what eight games less than yeah, normal. I was going to say 140. Well, I would say for me, uh, like probably 144 would probably be it, but I wouldn't be mad if you went to 130. but I'll say this I, when we're saying this, Baseball being a, 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 a game of habit, because what we're basically saying, we would start spacing out some more games, right? I, I wonder when you're taking these guys out of their habit, how well, like, I mean, you're hitting every day, and now you well, go to work. Well, yeah. one thing, I wouldn't mind seeing the World Series actually end in October instead of being pushed <laughs> over into November all I the time. I agree with you. I agree with you. I just don't know if, if I wonder how well, how it would affect the players, especially initially. To go for well, what if you started a little bit later? Because I hate how it starts too. It's just mm-hmm. so ugly outside. Like, what if you started mid-April and you got that for sure World Series in before the end of October and basically kept the the normal pacing the same? That would, would just that be would, different. That would work for me. That would work for me. You know, I, don't I would love that you. too. I feel like you can you can take away. Uh, 15 to 20 games, uh, you know what I'm saying, out of the season. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and it'll be fine. That'll work. You know, and also the, even giving them an extra a, extra day off, you know what I'm saying, you know, just benefits them. I just don't want it to be, for instance, like they only play three games in a week. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, then, yeah. Yeah, That's then it'll be like, why? Like it'll be, whoa, because I it just, I, I just, it'd be so disappointed. <laughs> 
Right. Just think of the pitch. Like, it'd be so crazy that these guys are used to going, you know, back to back to back. Like, think about it. you. A right. pitcher would, what pitcher couldn't, wouldn't pitch perhaps for almost a week and a half. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so, one week you had six games, the next week you have three. Yeah. Like, what? Like, now, but, but I guess what? Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. That's if you're sticking to the, a five man rotation. But you, maybe you, you'll, you'll, you'll use a guy more often because he gets five days off. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, you may play him every week because there's enough time in it to where, all right, he, he's going to get his start. But it is, and you know, the rest of you guys are just going to be like, you know, long stretch guys because we only need three guys, three to four guys, really, if you uh, space it out like that. So that, that's my thought. What's the last one, Ryan? Last one I have is just where the Bulls are at right now, sitting in the ninth spot, two games back from the eighth seed. Are we liking the direction that they're flowing in right now, or is it just kind of too early still? No, we're liking it. Um, you, you got the, the you got damed uh, Sunday night, which they, that happens, right? Uh, like I said I was going to my assignments are irate. Uh, but that that happens and stuff like that happens with the young team. But it's also Damian Lillard. Like it's only him and two other guys that may may do that, especially from that stature in the NBA. And the only one that consistently do, can do it is Steph. And it's Dame right now. Dame is actually doing that better than Steph at this. Dame is the better point guard than Steph right now. Dame is number one. I feel like in the in, in, in NBA as far as point guards go, right for really the last three years, I would say at least. Um, and then you can argue was it Steph or whatever. Um, but that that was one, but they were still in the game. But then when you look at last night games against the Knicks, uh, Laurie led his scoring. Uh, Thaddeus Young almost had another triple-double. Um, they played well, you know what I'm saying? And that's with Wendell being out. Um, I, I like it, you know what I'm saying, them being at ninth right now. You see, you see, the, you see the benefit of coaching. You want more out of it. Um, but this is one of those years where, especially when you look at the front office uh, being brand new, you're trying to find out what you got. You know what I'm saying? But getting Billy Donovan definitely was a coup for a rebuilding franchise. Uh, we now we'll see if they're going. It's a rebuild or be hastened, depending on what takes place during the trade deadline in this offseason. Uh, if they're lucky enough to have somebody that wants to come here, that's a name. Uh, but I like it. You know what I'm saying? I, I have to say, um, I, I like it. I don't think we're fully lathered in the basketball yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's funny, I was during the preseason. Uh, I want to make sure I'm, my lather is correct. But yeah, I, I like it. What about you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm okay with everything right now. I want to see more from the players, but I hold that on the players, not necessarily Billy Donovan or Arturis in that front office or anything like that. Uh, I guess for me, it's just uh, this kind of wait and see with the Bulls because they're just – there's so many guys that I think we've kind of figured out where they're at. Uh, like we talked about with like Lori, Zach, like none of these guys are number ones on a championship yeah. team. So you're just hoping that I guess you see enough value out of them that they become attractive trade pieces or maybe pieces for you in the future that, you know, you're going to have to put around a number one once you finally get there. But yeah, I, I like Billy Donovan making this team a little bit better. Just with his development, I think that the players are reacting a little bit better. And I I would love to see them just in the playoffs. I would just love to see, especially if we're talking about that next big summer as their free agency that they're going to try to be big pushers in. You got to be, you have to have a presence nationally. So the only way you can really do that is if you get into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. Great point. And also, we we already know that they only gave us half of the season. There's a chance they'll be in the bubble. And if you can get in the playoffs and be in the bubble and all those players are around each other, it, it also allows those other players to see your team 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And see, oh, you know, and also be around your team to maybe, you know, it's, it's kind of like a um, an Olympic situation, but it's for the entire, well, not the entire NBA, but for the, the teams, not the eight teams that won't make it for the, all the other teams. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like, I like, definitely like what I'm seeing. Um, and it would be good. Usually I'm like, let's get a draft pick. But I mean, if they make it to the play in and they still, you know, are like ninth or 10th, I'm not, that's low enough to where with the, the lottery being un, unweighed a little bit, you may leap up like you did this year. But yeah, I like it too. Right. All right. We always appreciate it. You all go out and be productive when we bring you this morning session. I did want to get into Ryan's life a little bit, but we don't have the time. We'll have to do it on our next show. Check in. The Ryan check in. Not it's like the follow. smoke. It's the smoke. It's hard to catch. With your big exactly. hands. <laughs> the Ryan check in. But Ryan, you go out. You definitely have a productive day. I'll try to do the same. Everybody else, definitely take care of yourself. And we always appreciate you joining that, Davis, and spend a little bit of time with us.